0: Hello and welcome to episode two of A Matter of Opinion. I'm your host, Brad, and today's episode, myself and the panel will be discussing a very fun topic. We'll be seeing which football team around the globe's we think have the most deluded fan base. You know, is it the annoying neighbours of Manchester? Is it Chelsea? Is it even a League One side? I mean, you know, Derby, maybe they're your new hatred club for some reason. We're going to find out. First of all, let me introduce you to the panel I've got with me tonight. I've got Chris, Dan, Reese, and Chloe. First of all, guys, uh, Chloe and Rhys, welcome back. Dan and Chris, thank you for coming on to the episode two. How are you all um, tonight? Are we all, are we all doing well? All good in the all. More than others, I think. <laughs> A lot more than others, yeah. <laughs> 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 That's Brilliant. So I'm going to give you a chance for being so gracious to come on and help me do this. Uh, Chloe, where can people find you after they've listened to this lovely debate tonight?
1: Uh, I'm just British Tea Hater on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Oh, brilliant. So there you go, guys. After this, just make sure you check out uh, Chloe there on, on, uh, on her socials that she's just gave you there. Reese, you were last into the chat but you'll be second on the start here. Uh, where can people find you, mate, despite your uh, outburst suspending you for uh, your Twitter verse for the moment? Um, well,
2: I'm a, I'm a lover of tea. Not British, but love tea. Um, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you can find me in seven days' time back on Twitter, uh, Devil's Rising. <laughs> you can find me at Devil's Rising on YouTube and like the weekly armchair sports talk as well. and uh, The even though he's not here tonight, uh, you can find him on a Monday night on the Dugget Football channel as well uh, for I reward the World of Football podcasts.
0: Brilliant. So, again, make sure you do check these guys out where they are. Chris, we might as well move in together. You've stated enough time. This is like the ninth time I've talked to you tonight. You're obviously my host and the chief commander of Leicester Till I Die, but where can you be found, mate?
3: Well, at the aforementioned Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube. Uh, at Leicester TID on Twitter because I've not been banned yet, and Lester till I die one on Instagram.
0: Brilliant, mate. To be fair, you're probably the shock of not getting banned for some of the outspoken ways you can put things on there. So me, me? yeah, no <laughs> drama, never. Happens. No, no, love Brendan. <laughs> so do check that out, guys. Coincidentally, that is where you'll also find me on there. So definitely check out the Leicester Side Die YouTube channel. Dan might be coincidentally your teams bottom on this list out of who we all support, but you weren't picked last purely on that basis, mate. I do, I do like you. Yeah. Where can everybody find you, mate? Uh,
4: since the news of Dash is sucking recently, I'll be under the rock. I heard there was a spare room at Stig of the Dumps house, so I'll be there. <laughs> um, however. If I'm not there and I'm stood outside with the aerial up in there trying to get a Wi-Fi signal, you can catch me on Turf Moor House uh, and Turf Moor House TV on YouTube. Uh, just, as I say, search Turf Moor House and you can find me on all socials. The only one we're not on is OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> soon coming, he says, soon coming. Right, so there you've heard, you've heard the panel. You you know where to find them after the show. But now let's get into the, the topic of, of choice tonight. Football teams—they all have a grand illusion of some degree. People may argue, and I'm sure people have different opinions to to you guys tonight. But I'll start with Reese. Uh, Reese, which team, to you, uh, has the most deluded fan base? What, what which one to you is just just deluded in everything they they do and think as fans? Fair
2: few clubs I can think of. Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs. I'm think I'm just listing London, uh, Millwall, uh, Millwall, Leeds, Celtic. Um, but for me, most delusional fan base is Arsenal, like by a distance. Like by a distance, is Arsenal fans they they've got a like messiah complex with their managers, like their players. They have this belief that where they are right now, that they think they are like the changing of the ways of football like they're going to go and do things like oh we've got a gold trophy it's a it's this that no one cares no no one cares about a trophy that you fail to defend as well like you can even defend a league title and they're so entitled as a fan base I know like I speak for myself as a Man United fan we've got a fairly poor fan base at times very bizarre at times but at least our at least our fan base and like our like our club actually has more to it. Like, what does Arsenal actually have besides an unbeaten season and like the record FA Cups? That's it. And yet they think that they've got some sort of God-given right that they they can go on and win everything when they don't have anything to show for it. And they want a manager who's to degree. He's not probably the he's not the the best in the league, but he's actually doing them a decent job. But because he's because he's competing for the top four, trying to rebuild this club, they want him out straight away, thinking that they're going to go and get a world class manager. When right now, no one wants to go there. So, like, how can you expect to get a world class manager if you're not willing to give a hard worker a chance? Even I don't particularly rate Arteta, but if he's doing a decent job, and you want him out straight away, it's just a reflection of like that entitlement, and it's a delusion thinking that they are going to go and do great things when they celebrate. Win an FA Cup when they finished eighth back to back. That sounds odd for me.
0: Well, I mean, I can't argue with them. That's some great points you've made about Arsenal. To be fair, and they're on my list. If I'm honest with you, if I think it, you know when a team springs to mind, if when you're asked that that, that sort of question, they are one that I instantly think of. And I have to, I have to say, they're definitely in my top three of fans that I just find insufferable and think they're rather deluded. Chris, I think mm. I know where you're going with this, so I'll come to you now. I'm, I'm pretty,
3: where, where am I going with this, Brad?
0: I, well, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that you're in agreement with, with Reese about Arsenal to point, but would you say they're the most deluded or would you say another club's got a more deluded fan base? Arsenal,
3: I definitely, Arsenal definitely got a... Um, they've definitely got, they've definitely got second, space, uh, second place sewn up. I actually did um, a, a poll on Twitter... Do you remember that, race, Twitter, You're, you'll be back soon. <laughs> <laughs> get, get, get the jokes and you'll be back. <laughs> I'm making the most of it. <laughs> but no. um, I did a, um, a poll on Twitter mm-hmm. a week ago asking this very same question, um, which team had got the most um, deluded fans. And my top three personally, so I put those up as the options, were Tottenham, Arsenal and Manchester United. Um, Tottenham, believe it or not, got 10.3%. Arsenal, 222 2, And Manchester United, <laughs> an amazing 67.5%. And, sorry, Reese, but I, I have to kind of agree with that. The thing that, that some clubs forget, and you, you mentioned Leeds before, and I've got to be honest with you, I don't find, I've not come across a Leeds fan who has yet said, we're back where we belong. We're back in the top division. They're actually grateful to be there because, like Leicester, not as long ago they were down in the third tier. But for me, yeah, Arsenal fans—they—they they think there's something that they're not totally. But what Man United have had is they've had a, a run of success in which, let's be honest with you, they were probably the best club in Europe. And I'm going to give credit for that. And Ferguson was an absolutely brilliant manager with the mind games. He changed that squad going over. But that was it. Before him, for about 20-odd years, you would no different to Spurs and Arsenal are now. And Man United fans do so well. because we're Man United, because we did so well under Alex Ferguson, we've got to have the best manager, we've got to do this, we've got to well you believe it or not, you haven't. And I've got have having watched tonight, I think 30 years it took Liverpool to win um a, a Premier League. Mm-hmm. It'll take you probably longer than that to, to win another one, the way things are looking. I, I just I just think Man United fans, and not everyone. I mean, we're not talking about everyone here, but I've got to give a shout-out, Brad, as well. That I don't think we could not say Leicester on that list because there's a lot of Leicester fans. And the problem with Man United is that a lot of their younger fans don't remember the pre-Fergie years. You know, It went on for that long that a lot of the, sort of the younger end of the fan base don't remember that. But, you know, there's a few Leicester fans out there this season – that they wanted Brendan out because, well, we finished fifth for the last two seasons. So we should be, you know, we should be in the Champions League this season. You know, it's mm-hmm. football, it doesn't work like that. So we've got to be careful as Leicester fans that, you know, I think, I think our own club might just be popping on that list as well. That's a fair show, actually.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, it's some good points. I mean, that is, the always say you can't get success or reward or anything like that without having something heightened in you in in leicester like you said you talk about you talk about eras you know people that were only raised and ever watched manual on the Fergie era don't have never experienced the struggles exactly. this is new yeah. whereas some fans would have and understand it a bit more and maybe they're the ones with the wise I say wiser heads in the nicer so I mean because they've seen more of it not that they're smarter anyway Uh, You know, they're they're, they're more understanding and and, and they're thinking the same as you. They're like, no, this is a redevelopment period for United. We need to get a manager in, like they're expecting to do, trust him for five, six, seven, eight, or maybe even eight seasons or more and let him rebuild that United. And then maybe you get the right to stand there and say, you deserve this success because you're earning it. You've got there and you're right, Leicester fans do need to make sure you carried away. Thankfully, I wouldn't say we're in a, a discussion for even a top 10 right now for deluded fans, but I, I would agree. We do have mm-hmm. some of them that have very short memories of our League One days, as it's always pointed out. I'm sure someone will moan that I've brought up the League One days of the Leicester fans and listening. Um, a wet Tuesday before... night in Newville, Brad. I know, right? Where, where, well, it wasn't in but Sha got a goal taken off him and given to Chris Wood. Sorry, Dan, I shouldn't bring up that name. I know he's like you <laughs> guys. But moving swiftly into you, Dan, that wasn't a segue plan. No, it's not a complete script I've got written here. Uh, Dan, Manu, Arsenal, mentions of Leicester. Who's your team that for you just has the most deluded set of fans? I mean, I know you're going to be a Championship Cup next season, so maybe it's Blackburn. Tongue in cheek. No, seriously, mate, where, where, who's your team that you just think their fans are annoyingly deluded? I, 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 you you were probably
4: right to begin with, I was probably going to say Blackburn, just because of the fact that they think that they're still a massive club. They wasn't even massive when they were there. You know, they they had an owner who literally bought bought his way to a Premier League title, mm-hmm. And they've lived off that for years, and they still live off it now. Um, so that's really only the comeback they've got. So I can't really say that they're that fickle because they just jump to that as a defensive and think that's it. Conversation over. Uh, I'd have to go. I'd have to agree with what Chris said. Um, I think Manchester United have got to be up there. They've got a massively high end up there. Um, they just seems to be. You know, every Man United fan has a different opinion. It's almost like they agree on one thing, but there's a little bit of that where it doesn't work. Um, It doesn't sit right with them. You see United fans arguing amongst themselves sometimes, uh, and I know we can see that with Arsenal. I mean, we we certainly see that from uh, our perspective on, on the YouTube scene. But uh but for Man United, I just think that they they, they like to have a good. Talk, they like to talk to the talk, but can't walk the walk at the moment on the pitch. And fans, fans are still living in the Fergie days. It's for me. I think Fergie, as much as this, this is going to be controversial, but I think Fergie at this very moment in time is probably a cancer on the club and needs to sort of drop, drop away, so that United can restart again uh, instead of being under his watchful eye because. You're not gonna have a rebirth or rebuild while you're being watched by the old guard.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's very true. It's I was expecting to see people in the same boat. And I know obviously Chris, you know, and, and myself have mentioned Arsenal in the same breath. So it seems to be the top six is really the dominant one. I am also glad that, that you've also looked at in terms of rivals as well, in, in 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 mentioning Blackburn there, because you know you are right. Sometimes you know you kind of get to a point with a club, and I'll mention some of them later on where you turn around to their fans and go, "That's all you've got, though. That's all you can mention." Yeah, you know, I mean, my my um, my sister's dad, uh, he ended up having someone that played for Coventry. In fact, he was a goalkeeper when they won the FA Cup. And he used to always go into work and give him that jibe. I've played in the FA Cup. I've won the FA Cup. Dah, dah, dah. You're, you're a crappy midlands. You know, he used to give him jibes and went, That's all you've got. That's all you've got. We've done this. We've done that. But he always says, Yeah, but you've never won the FA Cup. And then obviously, we've obviously now won one. And he says, Carmen, my friend, it's come back round. Um. But Chloe, are you kind of in the same bracket with a toxic club? Or do you have maybe someone else, another club that you just think has more? Deluded football fans.
1: Um. Well, the one I I've chosen um, is actually Villa. I think that they have these sort of um, living in living in their history sort of thing because obviously they've got quite a rich history, but they seem to think that entitles them to do well now, and mm. that they like. When um, one of Brighton's players was linked with Villa, it was like, oh, we could just sign him if we want to because we've got all these trophies, what Brighton got. And it's like, competitively, you're in a similar stage to us at the moment. Players don't care if you won some trophy 20 years ago and looking to sign for you. It's, obviously, they're a big club in terms of their history, but where they are now is sort of a mediocre Premier League team. They're not a big six club. And when Grealish left and they didn't seem to understand that actually him going to city and playing European football and, you know, probably winning a trophy this season is an upgrade. They just have these delusions really that they're still this a uh, sort of top six club, I think. Um, and I've had a lot of encounters with their fans where it's just like, you're just like, gobsmacked at how deluded they are so yeah that's why i went with villa
0: i mean again you make some great arguments and some great points i'm sure there'll be other people in there probably mentioning the likes of leeds and, and maybe even newcastle who who you know uh, have had that takeover now but they again like like dan said with burn uh blackburn you know they villa can fall into that category of throwing back History and history is still a part of the football. It's still built the foundations that get them the right to be called a big club. But um, I'll stick with you, Chloe, for this for this point. Then um, is, is is that the thing that makes them the most insufferable, or would you say there's something about Villa fans that's more insufferable than their their grand illusions, or is it just the fact that the delusion that makes them insufferable?
1: Um, yeah, it's just. It's almost a sort of smugness that uh, because they've got this history, they are a big club, and it's it's like look at where you are now because that's what really matters, and it must be great having won stuff in the past, but where you are now isn't ahead of Brighton, and you should really know that, and yeah. I wouldn't say they are the most insufferable, but they are probably the most deluded um, that I've no, come across. Their
4: accent is their accent insufferable.
1: Oh, I love their accent. I
4: hate it. <laughs> I hate it. No, 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 no they're no. with one of the worst accents in, on English soil. It's,
2: it's like um, it's like listening to a swarm of bees. <laughs> <laughs> but,
4: um,
1: yeah, I've just I've just had a lot of encounters with Villa fans. I don't know if that plays some part in why I think they're the most deluded, it's just that I've encountered them a few times. Um, I remember one time I made a comment about Pulisic should leave Chelsea because they, they're mean to him. But someone was like, oh, he should come to Villa, and then was comparing Villa to Chelsea and saying, well, they've got like a bigger ground or something, and all these facts about Villa, which makes it Villa more appealing to a player than Chelsea. And it's like, are you for real? Like this particular Villa fan I have in mind, um, has actually said quite a few deluded things where it, it's like he does seem to think they are this sort of big six club, even if that's not where they are now. Um so yeah, that's why I've said Villa.
0: Oh, it's a very good good reasoning to, to say that. I mean, like you said, I mean it's not necessarily like you even said there, Chloe, it's not it's not necessary that being deluded makes you insufferable. Uh, I mean, Reese, would you say there's a fine line between insufferable and just and just being deluded uh, in the case with Arsenal fans? Or are they insufferable and deluded uh, from your experience with them?
2: Well, there's a fair few that are definitely insufferable. Um, <laughs> and there's a fair few that are just very passionate about their club but I think they I think the problem is is sometimes with passion like your opinions can become a little bit clouded. And to be fair, like it's the same for all of us. Like we're, we're very passionate about our football clubs. We're gonna have moments of like moments of just madness of it's things we say about our club. But of course like it's because of how 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 much we love our club. But Arsenal fans, it's that self-entitlement where they think that because they're the only Premier League club to ever like win the league unbeaten, like we're supposed to res- like we're supposed to consistently respect that achievement. It was eighteen years ago. Like, what have they done since? Like, on on that respect, and I- I'll never forget the line: "We're moving to the new stadium to challenge the likes of Bayern Munich, the Manchester United, the Real Madrids, the Barcelonas, when they were already challenging them and us when they were at Highbury." Like, they challenged regularly at Highbury, but the minute they moved to the Emirates, the challenge went, like, it just sums up their fan base. And it's not all of them, it's just a wide spectrum. And, it's, and that's my problem. And I'm like, you want to be the Arsenal from, like, what, 96, 97 to 2003, 2004, but you're not going to do that now. Because your club has fallen that far because it's got no direction, and you've got an owner that just doesn't care, and then the fans are thinking, "Well, if we go and get a world class manager, all of a sudden we're going to be fighting for the we're going to be fighting for the title again." Like, give your head a wobble, and that, <laughs> that's that's the genuine consensus that I see with Arsenal fans is they think a world class manager is the only thing that's going to is all they lack no it's not like, but it's like more than that and it's just it's just funny like, like the irony and obviously I can speak for myself as a United fan like we've got that in our own fan base but there is a little bit, there's a bit of entitlement but I think if you honestly said who's worse it's definitely Arsenal fans
0: yeah I mean I can't disagree with you on a few of them Pete points uh, uh, we we, we... We all here collectively speak into a same group, and I'm sure, I'm sure we can agree that we've come across a few deluded fans, not just obviously of these fans, uh, bases that we've mentioned, but we we understand. We could say we've 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 delved in the expertise of of studying uh, deluded fan bases uh, and and their fans um, in in the comment section on and on, on shows and whatnot. But uh, Chris. Manchester United I haven't heard this in a while, but you've got them top of a deluded fan base chart. Are they top of the insufferable charts or would you say there's actually a team out there that is insufferable? Um more more insufferable?
3: Yeah, I think I think to me it's kind of two different things. Um I mean, yeah, I mean I've I've said about Man United and and as we said, you know, every club to a degree has got those fans and You know, sometimes you can be caught out if you're in a mood and somebody just says a a throwaway remark about your club, you get very defensive. Um, No, insufferable, I've got to agree with Reese, and for me, it's Arsenal. And what what makes it for me with Arsenal is, and I'll go back to uh, last summer and the transfer window, and James Madison, apparently, according to every single Arsenal fan, was moving to Arsenal. Uh, of course, it all came out and they'd got egg on the face at the end. Um, <laughs> they signed Odegaard because, you know, they never even had spoken to, to Madison or his agent. But according to them, every you know, James Madison would walk barefoot on broken glass to play for Arsenal just because they're Arsenal. And like, no, because you were eighth, you weren't even in the conference, Europa, Europa Conference League. We were in the Europa League at the time and had finished fifth. So why would he want to go to Arsenal? Well, we're Arsenal, aren't we? And you know, it's like, it doesn't work like that anymore. <laughs> like we said, you know, so many of these big clubs are living living in the past. And I think the, the thing that makes Arsenal insufferable, and I, and only just ahead of Tottenham and Man United on this one, is that Arsenal, said, an Arsenal fan said to me the other day, I would sooner finish eighth than finish seventh and be in the Europa Conference. And I said, so you're soon enough to not get European football. And he said, well, yeah, but then that obviously leaves us free and we don't have to play so many games. And and we should be in the Champions League. I said, but you're not that good enough to be in the Champions League, you know. It's still a European competition. Spurs Mm -hmm. treated it really, really badly as well. You know, then they got chucked Mm -hmm. out of it. And they probably weren't that sorry. And sorry, we but you know, talking to Man United fans the other day on on one of the channels, and it's like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, if we get into the con- if we drop and we finish seventh and we're in the conference, we'll we'll, we'll stick the t- we'll stick the kids in. Yeah. Well, that is a total and utter disrespect for that competition because there's a once you get outside the top six, you've got 14 other clubs that would kill to be in that Europa Conference. <clears throat> Yeah, it's not the most prestigious, yeah. yeah, it's not the Champions League, but you disrespect it. And that's what, for me, pisses off every other you know fan outside of those six clubs. It is that entitlement that we should be there and we're, we're too good to be in that competition. No, you're not. You're not too good at all. The only two good teams that are too good for that at the moment is Liverpool and Man City. And I never Mm. hear any of their fans with this attitude at all. You know, Man City have been where we were um, down in the third tier. Liverpool went 30 years without winning the the league, for God's sake. And they, you know, you get no entitlement off them. Or, 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 for that matter, Leeds. And, you know... (laughs) You, you, what you, you wait, they say the table doesn't lie. And if you finish seventh and are in the conference, that's all you're good enough for. Mm. Yeah. Like, yes.
2: I, I get that. I agree. To be fair, I have not the complete same attitude, but I have like a similar attitude to the conference league or whatever, where my attitude is like in the sense of yes, it saves like our strongest players for like the latter stages, or we play our strongest players like in, like, the league, like, predominantly, and then you use, like, the youth and the French players and, like, the Carabao Cup in the in the, in the the conference league. Say, for example, you know, we're in the conference league.
3: Yeah. I wouldn't
2: mind us using the French players and the youth players, like, in the group stage. Gives them that extra experience to develop and mature. And yeah. then and then I would start to add more of our first-team players in the latter stages, if, like, depending on the opponent. If you get there. <laughs> I but,
1: think that your yeah. youth players are good enough to beat other European teams some of the European teams in the um conference league are you know oh, they they're are. decent teams.
3: No, they are. Yeah, I mean I'm, as I'm said that, if much. you look if you look at the the, the, the quarter finalists, apart from Blood Limp, whoever you pronounce it, mm-hmm. every one of those teams had at some point in the last 15-20 years been in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um and, and you know. You saying about playing the the youth team? You you Man United for God's sake! You should have a big enough squad to be able to swap, te- you know, swap players round from one tournament to another. We made seven mm-hmm. changes against Palace. We beat them. We then made seven changes back for uh, for um, PSV. We beat mm-hmm. them. Yeah, you know, Man United should be able to do that. Oh
2: yeah, like we've got the squad for it. I would just like to see like we've got in terms of like what we're going to do like we've got a, a manager who's coming in that believes in young players he believes in a young attacking team like enforcing style i think it i think for that sense it's smart but i would still have at least five or six first team players still playing in the mm. competition at least because at least it, at least you've got that you still treat those teams with respect i would just i would like to see Players who hardly get a game plus youth players get a chance because there's very few and far between. That's the only reason why I would play them. And
3: and I get that. It's a bit like the FA Cup, isn't it? Yeah. But let me ask you, let me ask you outright then, Reese. Would you sooner Mm -hmm. finish um, eighth Mm -hmm. and not, and it's not not out of the realms of possibility, is it, at the moment? (laughs) But joking aside, would you sooner finish eighth and not be in a European competition or be seventh? and actually be in a European competition, even though it is the conference?
2: Well, originally, because I I, sp- I think I spoke to you actually, funnily enough, when the Conference League actually got announced, funnily enough, mm. um, and that, my exact words to you at the start of the time was, I do not want to be anywhere near that. Yeah. And that was, I was honest, I didn't want anywhere near yeah. that competition. But in terms of like quality, like, in some of the teams that that's, playing in the tournament this year have been fantastic like Roma have been fantastic even though it's bizarre to see Roma in the conference league mm-hmm. Celtic done a full Brexit fantastic win out of all three competitions in one season Leicester have done well PSV Fire have been fantastic Bodo Glimt outstanding yeah Sparta Prague hate them but they've they took the competition seriously if we're in it we're in it like and um, fine it's a trophy aim to win it so I would, I'll be. It's not the one I would want to be in, and I get that. Yeah. But if we're in it,
3: I would want at least United to go for it and at least yeah. try to win. Brad, yeah, you might just want to explain to to Chloe and Dan about European football.
0: Oh no, man. I I I I, 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 I will yeah, do
1: that
3: Dan on the farm. And... Sorry, guys. Sorry, I couldn't can be Can I well. change my answer
1: to Leicester?
2: Dan's. No, no, you Dan, can't you change your
0: answer to Chris. I'm
2: pretty <laughs> sure Dan's seen European football. He's seen, he's seen qualifying rounds.
0: Yeah, he yeah, has. It's, it's very true. But no, Chloe, you can change your answer to Chris, but that could be for a different reason that you don't <laughs> really want. But and Dan. Potential, I just. But Dan, the as you remember them glorious Thursday nights to Aberdeen, and uh, <laughs> were in your—I know you obviously played other uh, other teams. I only just a little bit, but uh, to come back to that, obviously you mentioned Blackburn and Manchester United. Obviously, more swaying towards the delusions, being more towards Manchester United. Would you say that's a perfect example of the difference between having a deluded fan base but being tolerable and having a slightly? passive-aggressive fan base and being insufferable because of your rivals. Would you say Manchester United are more insufferable fan base than a rival club of yours or would you say that's something that depends on how they are in their delusions?
4: Uh, First and foremost, I'd probably like to say that I think I worded my last statement regarding Fergie being a cancer on the club quite strongly. So I would want to sort of reword that and say that he, he just needs to take a backward step a cancer on the club was very too like very strong worded, so I'll i will I'll, I'll take that one back. Um but he does need to step away from the club in that sense. However, going on to your point, I do think that um with Blackburn, as I said, that they, they can literally go, oh we're well, ninety five, we won it and stuff like that. And it's just a it's it's just a quick comeback, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. With Manchester United, they all well, so Blackburn, they're sort of living on that history, but it's almost like Manchester United want his, wants history to repeat itself. That that time is now. They they're not living in the moment, thinking, you know, we are crap. We're not, you know, we are at the moment not the team that we once was. We are fighting amongst mid table teams to be able to. be able to be up there still and it's only it's got to a point where nobody fears Manchester United anymore due to that Mm. but it's the the fan base that sort of seems to think that success should just be delivered to the door week in, week out don't get me wrong Manchester United were very well known throughout the 90s as a team that (laughs) I mean as a fan you probably didn't really have to celebrate much you'd go to the game Man United win you know grab a takeaway, weekend's over with. But now, I think Manchester United started to see actually what was, without saying being derogatory in a, in a sense, what us real fans feel week in, week out, where there's that sense of, oh, are we actually going to get a result this week? How are we going to perform? But this that section of the, as I say, is that section of the United fan base that's literally just, well, we've we've been doing this, we've been doing that, I mean, look at the lives of people like Andy Tate, for Christ's sake. You know, it just, you know, Mark Goldbridge and things like that. They they're no. just, it, it's yeah. just, they're expecting the good it. times at your door, right at their feet. You know, delivered left, right, and centre. And at the moment, you know that they should accept where they are. Uh, it's no, no offense to you, Reese. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I find you one of probably the most level yeah. uh Man United fans. I just think there is some out there that be- sort of still believe the hype and at the moment it's it's lacking in hype in abundance.
2: Mm-hmm. No, no, I, I 100% agree with that. I mean, I know like in terms of, like, I think the one thing that Chris said, Chris said something earlier on which I thought was absolutely spot on and I'm just going to come back to it in and, and, light like, to your, spot- your point there as well, Dan, is you mentioned about younger United fans. And it's about the the recency of obviously the if you were lucky to witness the success from the Premier League like the early years up until like our last league title in 2013. Me, I got the whole of the two thousands. I got right, I got this I got the two thousand all the way up. Obviously well like United fan i about twenty five years old. So like yeah. there's that age there. But unlike recent fans who Divulging saying, "Oh, we need this. We need that." Yes, I, I, I will always say I expect high standards, high demands because it's, it's not just any football club. Like Man United is the biggest club in English football. It's one of the biggest clubs in world football. Yeah, but it's ran like a shit show. Excuse the language, Brad. But
0: there always mate
2: Um, in in that respect, though, I know the meaning of this club. Like this club nearly went out of business in the early 1900s. It got saved. It was saved from liquidation for very little money. But back then, it was so big and so crucial for the club. We then went for a period where we didn't win anything for years until like in our entire history, only three men have ever won the league title in Manchester United. Only three. Yeah. And that's because of like so few between. So Ernest Magnus, from at Bosby, and Sir Alex Ferguson. But they built dynasties. They had they were given complete control. They had everything around them that that worked, they had the structure, they had the players that suited them, the academy teams. It was built on hard work, young players coming through and striving for success. And so Matt Busby famously said before he died, even when he was a manager after he just retired, one comment always stands by him is he never wanted to see United second best. He always wanted to see United be the best because he knows what it meant. And that is somebody who understood, yes, he's second reign, when he, took, when he reclaimed control, uh, control from Wolf McGuinness, who unfortunately didn't work out, because obviously he was the man that followed Sir Matt Busby in 1969, it didn't work. So he took control. Then Franco Farrell came in, rest in peace. It didn't work. We then moved on. We didn't win a league title from 1967 until 1993. So that's 26 years. We didn't win a European Cup for 31 years after 1968. But we we were the first English team to win a European trophy after the, the infamous Hazel incident. There's circumstances. I know the history of the I know the history of the club I support. I know we've had our periods where it's dark, but whether it be the most entertaining second division side of like in history when under Tommy Dockery in, in the mid-1970s, or stopping Liverpool's treble in nineteen seventy-seven, United at that period of time. Whether we were a shit show or a very good side, whether we Docker a Atkinson, or even Sals Ferguson, when it originally it didn't work, it took them. F- it took them five years. Whether yeah. it, it was players that actually understood the club, we just weren't consistent enough to win the league, but we always fought. Like there's games where we really took it. Like Liverpool didn't beat us for what nine years, and that's because like we showed. Like yes, we weren't winning the league, but we always wanted to be like. Fuck it, we're gonna have them. We're gonna get stuck in. And that's what's important. And
4: yeah, and I, like I think it. that's and what I think when United's lacked. Yeah. We do. That's what they're lacking now. They sort of, it, I, I sort of look back at what Louis Van Halke came out and said, you know, when when he said that Manchester United have... It, it's almost like you know, it's all to do with media now, it's all to do with yeah, you not know, selling a brand. Yeah, and it shouldn't. It, you shouldn't lose your identity as a football club. It, mm-hmm. Being being getting a phone call from your agency, Manchester United, had been on the phone. Back in the day, you used to be like, "Wow, I'm doing something right. My career's on the up." Now it's a case of, "Oh well, I'm going to go there. I'm going to get a nice pay packet, and I'm playing for Manchester United." But they don't really care. Mm-hmm. It used to have a purpose. Okay. Playing for Manchester United, it meant that's it. You lace your boots up. You're in for hard work. That was the case. Of Once I've signed that contract, I'm already there. That's it. I've already made it. Yeah. Simple as. It
2: should be a privilege to play for a club like United. And there's some players who are stealing a living playing for it.
4: I said this to Chris, though, Reese. I said this to Chris, um, where, you know, going back to what you said about the 20 odd years prior to Fergie and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I said to you as well, Brad, I mentioned how, you know, Leicester have had that spell of dominance, you know, that spell of winning the league, doing well, finishing in the top fifth, uh, top five of the Premier League. And only this season have you start to see it sort of not falter, but sort of come back down to earth. You know, in yeah, terms definitely. of the this, we've got to realise this is we are Leicester. We, you know, t- same as Burnley this season, we've punched above our weight in the division. It looks like we're going to go. It is what it is. We, you know, we've Levy, but mm-hmm. but you know, Leicester have hit that realisation. Manchester, I think a certain amount of Manchester United fans. Need to hit that realization button instead of the panic button and just open their eyes and think, you know what, let's look at the bigger picture here. Yes, there's some absolute monkeys running the job behind, you know, behind closed doors. And as soon as you get the get rid of those at the club that are not needed, the ones that are holding the club back, maybe the club can go forward again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: Dan, mm. s- sticking with you on this final question for you, Then you just said there, uh, I mean, obviously, Ries is equity with Manchester, with Manchester United, obviously going through extended periods without winning anything. And, you know, to kind of ca- ca- catapult into your point, you know, in saying about Leicester, you know, starting to maybe build that bridge and, and, and that portfolio, if you will, to maybe to put the application forward to be considered uh, a big club, you know, that big I wouldn't say big six tag because that's sold, it's sold to the devil and, and and money. But to be considered by other neutral fans as a big club, Leicester probably, in terms of what they're achieving and winning, uh, are setting that foundations. West Ham this season probably backing up how the end of last season or, or another team like that. But to kind of flip that on its head, obviously there's a difference between thinking you're still a big club and actually being accepted and, and, and seen as a big club. How long then does a club is a club to, for lack of a better word, is a club able to feel entitled to go without any major success before they start being looked at as no longer a big club? Because obviously, you know, Manchester United, big club during my days in, in the nineties, watching them be a massive club in on the European front and, and in the league terms how, you know, like we said, they obviously went for a period where they probably weren't considered a huge club compared to others back in the earlier days. How long do you go? How long do you afforded that luxury, do you think, before you kind of went on a big club?
4: I'm going to sort of reverse the question in a sense. In a nutshell, that if you was to take Spurs away from London and put yeah. it, you know, like, you know, nowhere near, a, you know, the capital city they are not going to be contended as a top six club because they're part of London and there's a yeah. lot of success around London. They think they can flirt around with the big boys. You know, and I, 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 I sort of look at it that way. You know, Manchester United have been the, the sole provider of, you know, elite football in Manchester. You know, the noisy neighbours turned up with their Arab money and, you know, it's become... Come apparent that those down the road now are having a, a more success than Manchester United at this current moment. To sort of paraphrase your question, I'd say it, it takes it, it. should really take as long as it needs. I think you've got to sort of weather the storm. You know, the, we don't know everything that goes on behind closed doors. We can only go off what we hear, rumors. You know the. Odd, the odd bit of news that comes out because some fans leaked information or some players leaked information, his agent. But they should, they, you can't really put a timescale on when success should be there and shouldn't. You know, it's got to be earned. It goes back to the point I was saying that now with Manchester United, the fans just don't, the players, sorry. Yeah, I'm at Manchester United. I've made it whoop do. doo um, yeah. the money's good the money's great and that's that's coming that, that's looking at it as a 19 year old you know uh, as a youngster coming through the youngsters get it easy these days Um. Sure. so from but from from a fan perspective I think you've just got to ride the wave at the moment you know we, we all know Manchester United aren't going to be a team like they're not going to do in Everton this season you know flirting around that sort of area but just enjoy, and not enjoy, but ride the wave at the moment. Just enjoy where, where it is because it will eventually come back. But while you're getting on the back of the people at the club at the moment, you know, it, 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 it could either make or break you. And as I say, we all have divided opinions as fans. I just think that Man United fans out of a lot, when when... It-
0: Oh, it sounds like I've possibly lost Dan there. Um, so, until he comes back, Chris, and he, he probably might, hopefully, have cut you up if he drops in or drops out again. Um, obviously, I use there uh, as the example that Leicester have kind of been not ushered away, in a sense, from the big six. We commonly, tongue-in-cheek, come out and say, and rightly say, little old Leicester, look at us when we've asked us. As I say that, Dan does drop out. He did say he might have a few issues with it um but good that clubs can go without success before you kind of go well you haven't won any major trophy in over say let's say 20 30 years now you no longer have the right to go around calling yourself a massive club because other teams have surpassed your success in recent times more than
3: yeah i think you when, hmm. If you get say if you go about far enough, Huddersfield, like I said, have won more top-flight titles than um Tottenham have. So does that oh. make Huddersfield a, a bigger club than um Spurs? Burnley in their time, you know, they've won they won a lot more than Tottenham have. Bolton did in their time. Even Blackpool, when they had Stanley Matthews, you know, they, they were winning the FA Cups and what have you. So yeah, where does it end? And what I think we've got to remember is And we are kind of blaming the fans here. But like I say, what makes a top six club? Is it the size of the stadium? Is it um, how many shirts they sell? Is it how many trophies they've won? No, because i tell you what it is. It's how many viewers they get worldwide on Sky. Because before Sky came in, had you ever heard of a big six? No, I I certainly haven't. And if you look at the big six that there, they are the big clubs that will have... I'm not sure about Man City, but everybody else has probably got huge fan bases around the world. And therefore, they will bring money into Sky. And we see this every week when, you know, if Leicester are playing in the first game, let's say, against Watford, and then the second game is Liverpool-Man United... We won't even get a mention in front of our games. It'll all be Man United, Liverpool, because that's all that that's, Sky have put this sort of into our into our psyche. Now we've bought into it, and the fans have obviously bought into it because we never had this question before with fans. You know, I'm a, we're a bigger club than you. No, you know, we, we got this trophy, whatever. You know, I, I just and I think that well, I mean. Not only Sky, but UEFA are going to have a lot to answer for. Because, you know, if if this new rule comes in for the Champions League, Leicester could finish first or second, let's say, and therefore get in the Champions League. Manchester United could have a really bad season, and I'm joking here with you, Reese, but you could finish, say, 10th. Yeah. But because of what you've done in the past, i.e. you're a moneymaker for UEFA... Because people will, and I get it. People will tune in to watch a Man United game more probably so than a Leicester game. But you will be invited in, and then that's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Because where's you know the football is a sport where you are judged by your success. Get winning something like when we won the Premier League, it means that we could then go into the Champions League. Uh, and I just think uh, everything is just around money but like i say for me it, it a lot of this is down to sky and the way that they have promoted uh, the premier league and it's almost like for sky yeah these are the six clubs and the other ones have just happened they're, they're a nuisance you know yeah, we're gonna show Man United Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Man United, uh Chelsea, um, Man United Arsenal. Uh oh God, I suppose we've got to show a Norwich game sometime. Like, who are Norwich playing? Or oh, Man United, you know. And it seems that it's all as I say, I put a lot of it down to sky.
0: Yeah, I mean they 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 obviously do have the influence on that. They, you know. The English Super League, the, the, the Super League that nearly started, Super yeah. League that's effectively started with the way they're trying to do it with the Champions League, like you just mentioned there, Chris. Yeah, It's probably something that it, it only relates to the fans as um, something they would judge during execution and how long you've got to win, to, to go, well, be trophyless, shall we say? Maybe like mm-hmm. a Spurs before you go, mm, you've not won anything in 15, 20 years, pipe down, you're no longer a big club. Chloe, what you've been waiting patiently, uh, through all the chaos. Um, but what's your thoughts on it? Is that is there a period of time for you that you kind of say you're calling yourself a big club? It's you don't see it. Uh, where, where are you on on, on this list? This, this, this last point,
1: honestly. I feel like the argument about what makes a team a big club is just a complete other thing. Um, because you know I think there is a lot that goes into that and it's not just trophies and um, yeah I don't see why what makes Spurs a big club for instance I Mm -hmm. it is kind of a made-up thing I guess Um, and you do get people saying oh well Like Villa are considered a big club because they, you know, they've got a successful history. But if you look at where they are now, they're not really a big club. Well, but they are because they've won this in the past. Um, Brighton, if we won an FA Cup next season, would we um finish say sixth? Would we suddenly be a bigger club because now we've got a bit of silverware? Because at the moment we're considered minuscule because we've never won anything um so I don't think I don't think it's a real thing to be honest obviously some clubs are big but I don't think you could you can quantify it very easily it's not because you you can't measure it there's probably lots of different factors fan base size revenue that sort of thing um, history, but it's all very hard to judge. And um, I think one thing that all the teams that we've said have, seem to have in common is they've had a lot of success in the past and think that entitles them to success now, um, which obviously football doesn't work like that. It's you earn. Success. That's why Brighton are in the yeah. Premier League when we've when we've never had any sort of real success in our past, because we've we've earned it and we've earned the right to be there, and you don't deserve to be there more just because you won some trophies in the past.
3: Well said. Yeah. I think that's true. Very...
2: However, what I will say on the back of that though is there are some clubs who generally still will be like united when decades without winning the big like the big two the European Cup and the and, like the first division of the Premier League they were still regarded as one of the biggest clubs in football and it was not just like the history or or the, the trophies won previously it was United had an aura a presence to a degree they still do. The problem is it's just the commercial side but like if you look at like Premier League clubs for example, Arsenal Arsenal got a fan base, it's at time very difficult at times. Liverpool as well, like even United, those three are the most successful clubs in English football, still. And you would still say they are still the biggest for a reason. But I do get your point about like the commercial side for some clubs or what they bring in in terms of ratings. It was never really the big six. If you remember like the like the like the late two thousands, like to a degree, for example, when Chelsea were at like coming into that peak period um to to close the decade, or it was always just that top four. It was Man United Liverpool Arsenal Chelsea. It was that's the top four. And it was the top four for about twenty it was like top four for like two thousand and four until like what, 2015, 2016. Then because Spurs were starting to become consistent under the likes of Pochettino, we have to find something different. Coincidentally, United aren't regular in the top six of that, uh, the top four at that point. Mm. And then you, Arsenal are slipping few and far between. So then the decide yeah. we're going to go away from the top four. Now it's the, Now it's the big six. And I'm like, I get that. But for me, it's always no, it's the top four. But at the moment, United are a big club by name but they're not acting like a big club. Arsenal are a big club by name, by history, the same as United, but they're not acting like one. But I think if you were to realistically say who actually is more likely to act like a big club and show it um, in terms of like the football sense, I think based on recent activity with the club, you're more likely to say Manchester United because they're bringing in someone who fits the mantra where the club is going. They'll want to do like a Liverpool in a city where get back to the on-field success. They're building around a manager who is right time, right place, right time. He's rebuilt a club like Ajax, who are the biggest club in Holland, one of the biggest clubs in European history. It gives you that sense of, actually, they've got people that understand what they're doing. They're finally going there, whereas Arsenal are still lacking. They're just a big club by name. And that's no disrespect to Arsenal fans. It's just, it's just that truth. And Spurs, I don't see the the whole big club point behind them i think spurs are a, i think spurs are a good club i think do you, do no you know
3: how many top flight titles tottenham have won less than huddersfield isn't it well they've won yeah well yeah i said i gave you the clue there early didn't i it's, <laughs> they've won two which is the same as burnley portsmouth and a 60s and preston north end the teams that have won more than them uh all on three Preston North End, Blackburn Rovers, Huddersfield Town, Leeds, and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Mm -hmm. On four, Sheffield Wednesday, Newcastle United. Yep. On six, then Chelsea and Sunderland. Yep. On six, so does that make them a big club? Everton have won it nine times. Seven's Manchester City, I I believe. Yeah, Manchester City, yep, seven, the same as Villa. Mm
0: Um yeah. So guys, you've heard what they've had to say. We've heard that Dan and that and that Chris agree Manchester United, they have the deluded fan base. We've heard Chloe vouch one of the outside the top six bracket clubs in Aston Villa saying that they're the most deluded fan base. And Reese, as per always has a different opinion to everybody, and probably a little bit right. I have to agree with Arsenal. But what do you guys think in the comments down below? Let me know who you think has the most eluded fan base. And as always, a massive thank you to you guys, Dan, Chris, Chloe, Reese, all of you for coming on and taking part in episode two uh, of A Matter of Opinion. And until next time, folks, just remember, anything you've heard said tonight isn't right or wrong. It is exactly what it says on the tin. It is, after all, a matter of opinion. So until next time. Subscribe, like and enjoy, as always, and goodbye.